God is compassionate is what I want to talk about today. We're going to hop all around the Bible uh, today. So uh, I want to begin with at Psalms chapter 142, verse 4 and 5. Uh, it's just kind of a backdrop, a launching point for this message. God is compassionate. And the scripture says in Psalms chapter 142, verse 4 and 5, look to my right and see. No one is concerned for me. The psalmist says, man, I look to my right and nobody's concerned. Nobody cares about me. He says, I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. The psalmist says, there's not anybody interested in me. There's not anybody that cares about my life. I think we've all been there before where we're going through an issue, we're going through a struggle, and we feel like nobody cares about what we're going through. Reminds me of this week, I, I had a meeting downtown that I, I, I was a part of, and I, I went, and as I, I was there, I was sitting in the, the lobby area, the reception area, and there was an, an older lady who was the receptionist, and she was so sweet and, and so kind, asked me a couple of questions, asked about the church, knew I was a, a pastor, and asked about what God was doing here, and just really, really sweet. And as I was just sitting in a chair in the lobby area, a, 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 another gentleman walked in to check in for the meeting, and as he got there, he began to talk to the lady, and, and he asked the lady a question. He said, how are you doing today? How are you? And the lady began to answer, answer his question. And he had his cell phone out. And he began to dial a number while she was talking to him about how she was doing. And as he, she continued to talk, I mean, she was just so sweet. She was talking, oh, yeah, my mama lives with me. She does all the cooking. And she was talking, and he got on his cell phone and started talking. He's talking, she's just talking all the way. I mean, he asked the question, but he didn't really care about the response. I mean, he really wasn't interested in what she had to say. But you know what I liked about that lady? She kept on talking anyways. Uh, she didn't care. I got something to say. You know, there's, there's, there's two kinds of folks. We've all been there before. We, we've all been one of those two kinds of people. There have been times that somebody's talking to us and they're telling us their story and we really don't care. You know, you know how you've been there and you're kind of looking around, looking and you're not giving them eye contact because you're not really interested. We, we've been there before, unfortunately, because we really don't care what they're telling us. And, and then we, we all might have been just like this lady where how many of you ever heard somebody and, and they're talking and, and you're giving them body language like, would you hurry up? And they're not reading your body language, right? And they keep talking anyways. Uh, that's what that lady did. I mean, she had all the body language necessary. I'm on the phone with somebody else, but she didn't care. And can I tell you, in life, we can feel just like this lady did. That we're trying to communicate to somebody what's going on in our life, and they have no interest in it. They're not concerned. They're on their phone. They don't really care about what we're going through. And that's how the psalmist felt. He said, nobody cares about my life. Nobody's interested in me. And friends, I... I think we've all been there. We felt like nobody cares. And the psalmist goes on to say in verse number five, he says, I cry to you, O Lord. You see, the psalmist realized even though nobody else cares about my life, there's one person that's interested, and that's God. God cares about what I'm going through. So he cried to the Lord. I say you are my refuge, God, even though nobody else cares. I, nobody else is a refuge. I'm trying to talk to them, and they're on their cell phone. But, Lord, you're my refuge. And I understand my portion in the land of the living. The psalmist understood God cares. God is interested in me. Let me share a scripture with you in Psalm chapter 103 and verse number 8. 
it describes some of the attributes of our Heavenly Father. It says, the Lord is. That's the series we're in. God is. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Did you catch that? The Lord is compassionate. Everybody say compassionate. Notice that, that that's just who he is. He just is compassionate. It's a part of his makeup. It's a part of how he's wired. God is just compassionate. I like how Peter says it in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 7. It says, casting all your care upon him. Why? For he cares for you. God cares for you. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I want you to take away one thing from this message today. Just one thing. As you leave out of this place, I want you to understand this. God cares deeply for you. God is very interested in you. He's compassionate about you and your situation and circumstances. Cast your cares on him. Everybody else may be turning a deaf ear to you. You may live in a home that nobody's paying attention to you. You may not feel like anybody cares at work. You may not feel like any friends or family members care. I want you to know that God cares about you. I want to illustrate this in four different ways with four different points today about how God is compassionate and cares for us. Number one is this. God has compassion for the struggling. He has compassion for the struggling. And the Bible says in Mark chapter 8 and verse number 1 through 3, during those days another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, notice this, they had nothing to eat. They, they, they were hungry. The scripture says Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. Now, this is very interesting for you to, to catch. You see, Jesus is not just interested in our spiritual development, in our spiritual needs. He's also interested in our physical needs, in our, in our physical development. And Jesus sees these people that he's been preaching to, he's been teaching to. They're, 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 they're believing in the message of, of, of God and Christ. And he's teaching them the word of God. They've been there for three days, three days listening to him teach. But he was just not interested in them spiritually. He says they're hungry. They're, they're, they're struggling and the Bible says he had compassion on them. He says, they have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse. And I'm, inter I'm not just wanting them to, to hear the gospel and go to heaven. I'm interested in them physically. I don't want them to collapse on the way, he says, because some of them have come from a long distance. Jesus, notice this, is interested in people who are struggling. He cares. Today, some of you are here. And you can relate to this story because today you are struggling to put food on the table. And you feel like nobody cares. But I want you to know God cares. You may be struggling in your career today and feel like nobody's interested. But God cares. Today you may be here and have lost your job. The report just came out that in the last year or two that we've had the most job loss since 1983. And maybe you're one of those. And you feel like nobody cares. I want you to know that God deeply cares. Maybe you're in this place today and, and there's a smile on your face, but you're hurting inside because 
you're struggling in your marriage. And maybe nobody knows. And I want you to know that God cares. He cares. You may be struggling with a child that's been rebellious, that's not doing the right thing, and they're breaking your heart in a million pieces, and you feel like nobody cares. And I want you to know that God cares deeply about what you're going through. You're struggling, you're going through a difficult time, and God cares. Cast your cares upon Him because He cares for you. If you don't leave with anything else today, understand that God cares about what you're going through. And friends, God does not just care about those who are struggling with physical needs. But can I tell you that God cares about us when we struggle with temptation and sin. He cares about the struggle with temptation. And not only does God care about us that, that, that we struggle with temptation, but he can identify with us. He can relate to us. It reminds me of a true story. It was in 1994. Ian O. Gorman. He was an 11-year-old boy. He was undergoing chemotherapy for lymphoma. And as he was undergoing this chemotherapy, his hair began to fall out. And because he didn't want to have patches on his head, Ian decided to shave his head bald. And he had 13 other boys that were part of his class at Lake Elementary School, uh, excuse me, Lake, uh, Lake Elementary School in Oceanside, California is where this was. And those 13 boys that were part of his class, when they saw little Ian and they saw that his hair was falling out, you know what those little boys decided to do when Ian shaved his head? They decided to shave their head. And all 13 fifth grade boys, because they had compassion on Ian, and they wanted to identify with Ian as best as possible, even though they were not going through chemotherapy. They did not have cancer. They wanted to identify with them as best as possible. So they all shaved their heads off. And all those boys, they called themselves the Bald Eagles. Check out the Bald Eagles in 1994. Here's these, class, these boys in that classroom that wanted to identify with Ian. And friends, can I tell you that God identifies with us in our struggle with temptation. And God, if I can use this terminology, he became a bald eagle. He became like us so that he could identify with our struggle. He could identify with our temptation. And the Bible says it like this in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 through 18. It says, since the children have flesh and blood, since you and I are wrapped up in this house, in this flesh suit, and we've got blood flowing through our veins, the Bible says he too shared in their humanity. In other words, God became man. God became bald eagle, wrapped himself in flesh, became like you and I so that he could relate to us, so that he could connect with us at a deep level. And the Bible says he did this so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps talking about Jesus and why he came and wrapped himself in flesh. He says, surely he didn't do this for the angels, but Abraham's descendants. He did this for humanity, for, for humankind. And notice this, verse 17, for this reason, he had to be made like his brothers. 
in every way. Can I tell you, Jesus was made like us in every way. He wrapped himself in flesh. He was born through a virgin Mary. And friends, can I tell you, this Jesus was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. He was a bald eagle. He identified with us. And the scripture says, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Notice verse 18, because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. Can I tell you, Jesus understands what it means to suffer when he's tempted. He was tempted like you and I. And, and he, knew, he knows what it is to suffer. The temptation of this world. He identifies with you. He relates to you. I think Hebrews sums it up in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 and 16. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. In other words, we don't have a, a, a heavenly father. We don't have a savior who can't connect with us, who can't relate to us. He can relate. He does understand. He can sympathize with us. You say, Herbert, how is that? Notice this, it goes on to say, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Can I tell you, Jesus knows what it is to be tempted to lie, tempted to cheat, tempted to cuss somebody out. He knows what it is to be tempted to lust. He knows what it is to be tempted to murder, tempted to, 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 to retaliate and to gossip and to get even. He has been tempted in every way. And when you're struggling with temptation, he identifies with you. He can connect to you. He can relate to you because he became bald eagle. He put on this flesh suit and was tempted just like you and I. And the scripture goes on to say, yet was without sin. He overcame it. He beat temptation. He suffered, he struggled, but he overcame temptation and never sinned. And verse 16 says this, let us then, I mean now because Jesus became just like you and I and was tempted and yet defeated temptation, we can approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Here's what I want you to know is when you're struggling with temptation, cast your cares on him. He relates. He identifies, cast your struggles, cast your burdens, cast your cares, cast your temptations, cast your habits on God. Because he identifies and cares deeply for you. Point number two. There's a second truth that I want you to notice about God being compassionate. Number two is this. God has compassion for the sick. Compassion for the sick. Matthew chapter 20 Verse 33 through 34 says, Lord, they answered. It was a couple of blind men. They said, we want our sight. Verse 34, Jesus had compassion. Do you notice the language there? He had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. Jesus saw these two blind men and the Bible says he had compassion. He cared about what they were going through. And friends, today I'm not focusing on the healing part. He, Jesus ended up healing them. But that's not the emphasis. What I want you to notice is that he cared. He cared. You see, what good is it for Jesus to be a healer if you don't believe it? But see, if you don't believe he cares, you won't believe he'll help you and heal you. The first thing that you've got to know is God cares. 
He cares about your sickness. He cares about what you're going through. He cares about the doctor's report that was negative. He cares. And I want you to understand he cares. And next week, we're going to talk about what he does because he cares. That God's a healer. He's a healer. And we're going to deal with that next Sunday. There's another portion of scripture that I want you to notice in Mark chapter 1, verse 40 through 42. It says, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And notice verse 41, filled with compassion. I love that. Filled with compassion. Just like you would take your vehicle to the gas station and, and you, you would gas it up. You would fill it up with gasoline. Can I tell you that Jesus, when he saw this leper, he was filled with compassion. He was filled because he cares. He cares about people who are sick. He cares about people who are afflicted in their body. I think about my kids. I care deeply for my kids. I care about every facet and detail of their life. Here's what I know. I care more about my kids than you care about my kids. Because they're mine. And I love them deeply. I mean, I care about everything in their life. You know, when my Kel, my little Kel, he is five and a half years old, and he can say his ABC is so good now. And I, lo- I love to hear him, man. When he first learned his ABCs, I mean, I wanted to hear it. Say, hey, Kel, say your ABCs. A, B, C, D, E, F. Now, you wouldn't care to hear my boy say his ABCs. But I care because he's mine. Just like if you bring your baby up to me and say, Pastor, listen, my baby can say their ABCs. I don't care. I mean, I'll listen, but I'm not all that interested. I mean, I thought, Kel, he can count to about 40 or so, and he can one, two, three, four. And I like to hear that boy count. I mean, but you wouldn't be interested in hearing my boy count because it's not yours. You're not interested. Just like if you grabbed me in the hallway and asked me to listen to your baby count. I love you, but I'm really not that interested. I'll fake it, you know. Oh, he can count. Oh, he can count. Yeah, he can count. But I'm not all that interested. That's not my baby. It's amazing. How we care deeply for our kids. You know how it is? They come out the womb and we, we get all excited, you know, a few months. Oh, look, he rolled over. <laughs> Let's take pictures, video record, he rolled. Now, I don't want to see the pictures of your baby rolling over. But my baby, oh, man, it's big time stuff. He rolled. Look, look. He started crying. Tiffany, he's crawling. I can't believe it. Look, he's taking his first steps. Look at, look at, he's stumbling. And boy, I care. I care. I remember Kel. He's the only baby that's done this to me. I got three boys. But Kel, one of the very first times I changed his diaper, he peed on me. Oh, it was awesome. That, now, your baby pees on me. That's another story. Amen. But my baby, my boy. It's amazing how you care about stuff. Changing my boy's diaper and, you know, I got four kids now. I never thought I would get to the place when getting poop on my hand didn't bother me. And now, man, I change my boy's diaper, get poop on my hand. I mean, I'm just, I'm used to it. Now, you know how it is after you, those of you got multiple kids, you know how it is. Now, man, you can change the diaper, get poop on your hand, eat a sandwich at the same time. You know what I mean? 
Uh, you know what I'm talking about? That's my boy. That's my boy's poop. I mean, it's amazing how much you care about every detail of your baby's life. And one time, Kel, he was one years old, and he was sick. And boy, you know, especially your first child. You know, that first baby, you're, it's fragile. You know what I mean? And that first baby, you know, you can't put that first baby in the nursery. Nobody else can hold that first baby. Nobody else can touch the first baby. Leave my, that's my baby. Don't you touch my baby. Hey, by the fourth baby like we got, take that baby, put that baby in the nursery. Take the baby. Baby, all right. Listen, that baby's going to be fine. Uh, it's resilient. <laughs> but that first baby, oh, nobody can touch that baby. It's that, my little baby. Nobody can mess with it. And I remember our first baby being sick. And he, for two days, was throwing up. He couldn't hold any food down. And he was running a, a fever. And boy, Tiffany and I, you talk about compassion. That's our little baby. And we were moved with compassion deeply. We were moved so much with compassion. We cared so much. We took Kel to the emergency room. So we wanted to find out what was going on with Kel. And we got him to the emergency room, and, and we found out that Kel was constipated, deeply <laughs> constipated, and couldn't hold anything down. And so the doctor gave Kel an enema. Anybody want to know the rest of the story? <laughs> but we cared because that's our boy. And there's a God in heaven who created heaven and earth, who created you and designed every integral detail of your life. And friend, he cares deeply about you. And when he sees you sick, when he sees you afflicted, he cares. You think I care about my kids? It doesn't even compare for how much God cares for you and what you're going through. And I want you to leave with one thing today. One thing. Cast your cares on him. Because he cares deeply for you. Point number three. There's a, a third thing that I want you to see. Number three is this. God has compassion for the hurting. Compassion for the hurting. There's a story in John chapter 11 about a man named Lazarus. And he was sick, the scriptures say, unto death. And the Bible says he had two sisters, Mary and Martha. And John 11 says they sent word to Jesus to tell him that their brother was about to die. And the Bible says this. That Jesus stayed where he was two more days. He didn't do anything. He stayed right where he was. He just waited. Hear me today. There are times you ask God for something and he just waits. And I want you to know just because God waits doesn't mean he doesn't care. There are times you might have been, have been asking God for something for months or years, and, and, and all he's done, has he's, he's just waited. And just because God is waiting doesn't mean that he's not interested and doesn't care about you. Two days goes by, and he just waited. And the Bible says that he finally shows up on the scene. And, and the Bible says once he got there, four days, Lazarus has been dead for four days. That wasn't the prayer of Mary and Martha. They asked Jesus to come right away. And there are times you ask God for something, and he doesn't answer like you want him to. 
And I want you to know when God doesn't answer like you want him to, it doesn't mean that he doesn't care. There are times you pray and you ask God for something and it doesn't turn out like you want it to turn out. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't deeply care about you and your circumstances. And Jesus shows up on the scene that he waited, but he cared. It hasn't turned out like Mary and Martha wanted it to turn out, but he cares. Notice this in John 11, verse 32 through 36. It says, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would, have, would, have, would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Did you hear that? When Jesus saw those two ladies weeping and the Jews weeping because they were grieving the loss of a loved one and a friend. The Bible says he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled because he cared. And some of you are here today and you're grieving. You may have lost a loved one, friend, and you're grieving in your heart. And you wonder if anybody can identify with you. And I'm telling you, God can. He cares. He's moved by your pain. He's moved by your hurt. He's moved by what you're feeling in your heart right now. He sees every tear that you cry, and he cares. And the Bible goes on to say this about Jesus during this grieving moment. Verse 34, where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then we get the shortest verse in the entire Bible. Jesus wept. He didn't weep because he couldn't do anything. He wept because he cared. He cared deeply about what those ladies were feeling. And friends, I want you to hear me. Some of you are grieving. This is a word for you. And you feel like nobody can, can identify. Nobody cares. And I want you to know God cares. God cares about what you're going through. Then, they, then the Jews said in verse 36, see how he loved him. And I want you to know something. When you're grieving and you're going through a difficult time, I want you to know simply this, God cares. God deeply cares about what you're going through. Take one thing away from this message. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. I close with point four. Number four is this. God has compassion for the lost. Compassion for the lost. Mark chap Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36 to 38 illustrates this very Clearly for us, it says when he saw the crowds, he had compassion. Notice the word again. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus, he saw this large crowd and, and as he looked at them, there, there, there were groups of lost people. There, he said they're like sheep without a shepherd. They're running around aimlessly. They're, they're roaming around without any kind of shepherd or somebody over their life. And, and he sees this group of lost people. And the scripture says he had compassion on them. He cared about them. And notice verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Catch this. Jesus cares about lost people. 
If you're here today and you're far, far away from God and you don't know anything about God, I want you to know that he cares about you and he has compassion on you. You may be living some wild, loose life, and and you can't even quote one Bible verse. You don't know anything about church. I want you to know, listen, God cares about you. Maybe you grew up in a church when you were a kid, and, man, it was hell, fire, and brimstone. You better turn around. God's going to get you. He doesn't like you. Oh, I have to do a little extra preaching on there for you. Amen. That could be the furthest thing from the truth. The Bible says in John 3.16 that God loves you so much that he sent his only son into the world to die on the cross for your sins. Because he cares about you. You may not know anything about God. You may not know anything about spirituality. I want you to know God cares about you deeply. Not only does God care about a lost person, I close with this, God cares about rebellious people. God has compassion on the rebellious. Luke chapter 15 and verse 20 says this, he got up talking about the prodigal son that took his father's money, spent it in wild, loose living. And the Bible says that he decided to go back home. And the scripture says he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. What a picture of how the Heavenly Father feels and cares about the rebellious. The Bible says that when the son came, he didn't rebuke him. He didn't tell him to get away. He wrapped his arms around him with compassion and embraced him. And there are some of you here today. That you know the Lord, but you're living in rebellion. You're doing your own thing. You're living your own life. You're living loose and wild. You're not living under the authority of Jesus Christ. You know the right thing to do, but you're doing your own thing. You're like this prodigal son. And today I want you to know that God so loves you. He so cares about you. He has compassion for you. He's not mad at you. He's not upset with you. He's waiting for you, just like the prodigal son, to come back home. And he's full of mercy. And he's full of grace. And he wants to change you from the inside out. I'm talking to the prodigals today. Would you come back home? Would you quit playing games with God? Would you quit going through the motions? And would you turn your life over to Jesus Christ and let him be Lord. Cast your cares, your sins, your burdens on him because he cares for you. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for this word today.